Hello, welcome back to Give Space Podcast. I am your host, Isabella, and I'm so grateful and thankful that you're here today. I want to start off by saying that this project has been, starting this project has been one of the most rewarding, exciting, and gratifying experiences I have probably experienced this entire year. (laughs) It has been so nice to hear your thoughts and your feedback, and thank you so much for sharing all of your ideas with me about future episodes. I'm always open to DMs, thoughts, questions, all of the above. This week, I am going to be sitting down virtually with my friend Caroline to talk about all of our recent discoveries towards boundaries, self-expansion, and goal setting. But I do want to do a little self-check-in with you before the episode because this has been a kind of wild year and I feel like it's applicable. So I've been talking a lot in therapy about wanting to start manifesting organic job opportunities (laughs) and just finding new ways of making money in a more fulfilling way, in a way that aligns with the degree that I have, which is in creative writing. And I very randomly got a job opportunity, copywriting for this company. That's all I'm going to say for now. We don't want to jinx it. But I've just had so much gratitude towards that opportunity coming into my life because I've been trying so hard to shift my perspective from a place of lack and put it more towards a place of, oh my gosh, I have so much abundance. I have created so much abundance in my life. Be grateful for what I have and also attract more. And because at the end of the day, what do we really have? We don't really have anything. We just have ourselves because ownership doesn't really exist because we just, you know, burst into particles and go back into stardust, which is how we were created. So I've just really been trying to have gratitude this week and it is the big conjunction tonight. So I just invite you to sit down with yourself after this podcast. Think about what it really is that you want to manifest in your life and don't put any parameters around that manifestation. Really just think, what could I attract if I really just let go of the what ifs? Because it's so fucking possible and I don't know if I'm going to get this job and I'm not really concerned because I know that no matter what, as long as I keep thinking this way and blessing my opportunities that keep coming in, I know that things will continue to come in. So yeah, that was a little life update and I'm going to stop rambling at you now and (laughs) play the episode. So I just want to say thank you again for being here and please, if you enjoy this episode, write a review or send me a message, so on and so forth. You know where to, to get me. Have a lovely listen and I'll talk with you soon. Hi. Siyapi. <laughs> Hi. So good to hear your voice. Thank oh you for having goodness. me. This is so exciting. I'm so excited to spend an hour or 45 minutes with you or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> Endless time. <laughs> Even if it's virtual, it still makes my heart sing. It, yeah. I have always <laughs> loved you, loved you, and I just feel so connected to you, and it's 
just a blessing to be able to connect in with you in this space. And so I'm really thankful that you've created this space for, you know, authentic conversations and authentic female friendship to come through. And so I love you. I love you too. So, so much. It's so (sighs) crazy hearing your voice. I have so many memories just like bubbling up in my head. Same. (laughs) Being in San Francisco. And remember when we had our tarot cards read? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And that is when I knew that you were one of the most spiritually powerful person that I'd ever met in my life. Thank you so much. I, I often reflect about how we connected really almost when we had no reason to connect. Like we didn't have a ton of mutual friends. We weren't living in the same city and Um, we just kind of dropped into each other's lives and instantly formed this bond. And then fast forward to several years later, we ended up going to the same college. And, you know, our friendship has just been one of the most beautiful friendships I could ask for. So, yeah, I agree. I it's crazy to think about, too. I think that you I think about the time when you were living in New York and Uh, lifetimes ago. (laughs) I know. Right. And it's crazy because I remember when you reached out I don't know I think we saw each other and you asked me hey what is it like being in LA and going to USC and I just told you about my experience and it's crazy to think how we were in each other's lives and our paths just kind of melded together in this really beautiful symbiotic way yeah yeah and honestly something I want to say too I'm so proud of you your work is so gorgeous and I (laughs) support it all the time every time that I see you putting new shit out I'm like holy thank you (laughs) thank you so much thank you that really means a lot because it is definitely not um an easy path to to walk down and um I see you as well and your work always inspires me and it's just so wonderful to have a friend who is creating and you know visualizing the world that they want to live in and so yeah, so much appreciation for you. Thank you, Siafi. Well, before we get into all of those, I just I have so many questions about <laughs> your, your statement just saying not an easy path to choose just because, you know, I am also going down a path of yeah. your creativity, but I'm, I'm, you know, we live different experiences and everyone yeah. goes through their different, their different struggles. Um, but before that, I just want you to introduce yourself to the audience the magnificent okay. Amazing. <laughs> Hi, my name is Caroline Yoffeldano, um, otherwise known as Siafi on Instagram. And a lot of people just call me that in my daily life. But I am a film director. I recently graduated from USC at the end of last year, which is right before the pandemic. And so that ended up being very lucky. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I feel like I am really a student of the earth right now and I don't claim to be an expert in anything and I'm just kind of on this path of of self-exploration and uh, learning what it means to embody my truth and constantly shifting and learning. So I feel like this is a space that I feel comfortable to learn and grow and that's an identity I feel connected to right now. So, yeah. I just exhaled when you said that. Well, I want to ask you 
first, how this year has been for you? Because I feel like that's a really good segue into everything. Yeah. (laughs) This year has, has been very, you know, it's a year that none of us, I think, envisioned happening in our lifetime, having to live through a global pandemic, experiencing, you know, our government um, just really blatantly almost enter into a fascist (laughs) regime and um, just feeling so overpowered and lost at times and isolated. Um, I think that this is a year that has tested all of us um, and brought to the surface so many issues that were occurring prior. Um, But there are moments of this year that have been truly beautiful and uh, truly have challenged me to learn and open my heart and my perspective. I definitely, um, I feel like it, it was very interesting because at the beginning of this year, as I mentioned, I graduated last December and I was kind of having these expectations that this was the year that my life was going to really just take off and I was going to travel. I was going to make tons of movies. I was going to be already, you know, signed to an agency or a production company by the end of the year. And some of those things, you know, did happen. um, And some of them happened in ways that were different than I visualized them. But some of those things didn't occur at all and and different experiences transpired. And that's totally fine. Um, Right now, I, I feel like I I'm feeling really mentally clear and excited and hopeful for the future, but also recognizing that a great deal of of pain and struggle has come from this year. And something that I have been hearing a lot lately is like this kind of mentality of what challenges us is, is here to help with our growth and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I just think while that might be true on a personal level, it can be kind of um, insensitive to to say that or hear that when there are really, you know, there is no reason that we should have to go through countless lives lost or a pandemic or um, Black people being killed at the hands of police brutality to, to experience personal growth. And I just believe that there is so much work to be done. And I hope that because this year has been kind of a universal pivoting point for so many people um, that we can start to make these broader social justice changes that really desperately need to happen. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And on a personal level, I feel like I have, yeah, just been a student and allowing myself to kind of take the back seat and allow other people to educate me when they feel comfortable to do so and just trying to expand my mind and be more open to to different stories and um not always claim that I have the right answers oh so well said thank you (laughs) (laughs) I I agree and feel you so hard um I feel like growing up using my platform was such a such a muscle memory like subconscious action you know, right. I was like, fucked up shit's happening. I need to say something about it and I need to do something about it. And I feel like this year has been the year where I have really reflected on that privilege and reflected right. on 
what needs to be done in those moments. Totally. And instead of just using my white privilege and trying to insert my opinions and my ideas into Mm -hmm. the echo chamber, I want to do almost everything I possibly can do to bring black voices to the forefront and use my money, use my hands, use my body in ways that I hadn't really seen. Yeah. And I, I totally own that, that privilege. And I, I feel you on that segment so hard. Right. And I also feel like it's interesting to look back at our friendship because when we first became friends, a huge bonding moment for us was the fact that we were both uh, vegan and plant-based and, um, through this year in particular, I have been vegan now for 10 years and I have remained vegan. Um, but I, my perspectives on, on so many things surrounding veganism have changed and my voice for animal liberation or whatever I was trying to achieve was really centered in, in whiteness and privilege and being living in you know New York or LA and having incredible access to uh, the highest nutrient-based foods and feeling like this was the most important thing in the world. And now I am realizing, you know, there are so many, so many ways that wellness has been colonized and it's really, really harmful and inappropriate. And I just, my, yeah, my perspectives have definitely changed on a lot of things Uh, surrounding that uh, as well as you know other key conversations like feminism and there there's a lot of work to be done and um yeah I will never claim to know all the right things to say or what to do and I know I will continue to mess up and also through this conversation we will make missteps and I hope that this is kind of a space where people can feel free to dm us or check us if we've said something that doesn't sit well with us and continue the conversation outside of this space because that's really what's most important. Absolutely. I I can't tell you how many times I've heard this year, you can't do anything right these days. And, you know, how are we supposed to live? And that's just such toxic, yeah, toxic mindset to hold because the the mindset is not to be this like perfect <laughs> human yeah. being that can just <laughs> This, this is not how it works. You need to accept the fact that we have been raised in this racist, colonial patriarchy yeah. that pushes us to this place of not feeling like we can use our minds and thoughts to change. And the mo- most important thing I want to say is I am imperfect and I know that and I want to change and I want to grow. So just like you were saying, like, please, please, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> If you hear something that you disagree with or you want to share your thoughts or you just want to go in on anything that you are feeling called to talk about, this is exactly why I created this podcast and I want listeners to feel included and like they have the ability to articulate their opinions towards these topics because my voice is not the absolute voice for sure it's not and I have so much to learn and so much to do and so much to you know keep trying to achieve yeah Yeah. I I have a question for you please um it's kind of like switching the subject but because you talked a little bit about veganism and I have 
been struggling so much with my relationship with food this year mm. more than I ever have in my life yeah I find that being at home more has caused me to like lose my appetite in a very interesting way and just eat from more of an emotional place right um not that there's also shame connected to that but it's just a new experience that I'm having what has it been like to occupy your body during this time like what has it been like to satiate yourself totally thank you for asking that question I feel like um my relationship with food, my relationship with my body is, is constantly changing. And some days I have really good days where, um, I feel super connected to my body and just in line with, you know, my highest self, but there are some days where I feel really out of alignment and that can manifest through, you know, eating, overeating or binge eating or eating out of anxiety or fear under eating or, um, over exercising. And the, I think when I first became vegan to connect that thread in, it was, it was around 10 years ago. And it was because I had a horrible, horrible eating disorder that like controlled my life. And I had found this community online that was talking about how veganism helped them in that realm. And that's kind of why I approached, why I decided to go vegan. But for, for honestly, the past seven, six years, I've still, even though I've been vegan, I've still struggled with an eating disorder and disordered yeah. thoughts. And I think for the past two years, I have been able to let go of of these disordered thoughts or not act on them. And mm. um, that has been really powerful. And for me, what has actually helped me was finding a consistent exercise routine that I connected with and that uh, manifested itself through going to community exercise classes pretty much every day. And there I had found a community that I really connected with. And I'm generally an introvert. So seeing people every day, hanging out with people is not something I really do. And being able to consistently go to the same place and see the same faces and feel supported and loved and push push my body and prove myself wrong every single day was is so powerful. And so when the pandemic first started and gyms and exercise classes shut down, that was something that was really, really hard for me. And almost uh, like it was alarming how upset I was uh, out of everything that was happening in the world, hearing there's a pandemic going on. My first thought was, how am I going to maintain my mental health without the gym? How am I going to survive without being able to go to an exercise class every day? And that's incre- that to me showed me that I still was, even though I maybe wasn't struggling with disordered eating, I was still struggling with um, like disordered thoughts around my body and the gym and my mental health and I feel like being able to break free from that has actually been very helpful. And um, this year I decided to go on a 10 day silent meditation retreat and there you're not allowed to exercise. And that was, you know, this was something I had wanted to do for many years, but could never because taking 10 days off of exercising was just not an option for me. 
And so doing that and allowing space for rest um, has been truly transformative. Oh my gosh, Siafi, please share what you learned from your 10-day meditation Yeah, please. Thank you for, yeah. I feel like that um, was a huge, huge point that I learned that taking 10 days of rest, taking a day off, taking time to respond to a text message or not really responding at all or just it that was truly transformative to allow myself to rest and allow myself the grace um and patience to work through my emotions in silence and um really be there for myself and that that was a huge learning um curve that occurred in this space and I also learned just that whenever I'm feeling out of center and whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed I can always return to my breath and I some days it will be harder than others but knowing that um, when I really sit with my essence and my being I can return to a place of love and safety and um, yeah, just allowing myself to to feel what I need to feel and process through it and witness it rather than think I'm feeling really depressed right now. Let me change that. Let me go out and do something that's going to numb this pain or make me feel better or distract me. Let me just actually witness that and sit with it and then allow it to pass through me and have no attachment to it. And that goes for pleasure as well. Like, wow, I'm feeling so good right now. Let me ha- just witness that and have no attachment to this pleasure because I know that on the other side of pleasure, there's going to be moments of pain. On the other side of moments of pain, there's going to be bliss. And to understand that things are changing all the time and all you can control is is your breath is is very powerful. Wow. Hearing you talk about that was healing. <laughs> just your words and your imagery and how you shape even like the breath of how you speak about it is healing like you hold such healing energy it's it's so beautiful to to hold this space with you can you describe your experience with meditation what is that moment like for you and how do you I know that each time you meditate is different you know because each moment is different but just take me through your process, like your creative process of meditation. Right. And then my second question is, how does your relationship with meditation and calmness influence your creative work? Like, mm. are those things definitely connected? Yeah. yeah. So meditation is something that I kind of fell into when I was living in New York. Um, And the first time I had ever really meditated was I signed up for a sound bath healing at this place in New York called the womb center spelled W O O M. And um, I had never experienced something like this where they're playing, you know, crystals, singing bowls and, horns and you're lying there and I I went into this incredible trance as if I had done some sort of psychedelic drug I remember like seeing myself flying over this this 
kind of prehistoric island and I look out and I see my arms and my arms were wings and I was a pterodactyl (laughs) and um, I had no idea that I could have these incredibly vivid and real um, visual experiences through just sitting and so after that I became really intrigued by meditation um, and it felt very much like meditation kind of found me and um, I continued on the path and tried to meditate twice a day and um, was yeah for the past maybe three or four years I've been consistently meditating twice a day and sometimes that means a 10 minute meditation in the morning and five minutes at night and sometimes like when we were right at the start of the pandemic I was doing a three-hour meditation a day (laughs) and um, sometimes I meditate in silence and sometimes I like to play a guided meditation or um, kind of like some medicine music Um, um, really I just kind of follow my intuition when it comes to that and um, knowing that so many things can happen in a when you're meditating you know you can get messages and downloads or you can really struggle to make it through 10 minutes of silence and whatever is happening when you show up to your mat or your meditation station couch wherever it is um whatever is being shown to you is completely valid and what you need to experience in that moment and just honoring that is is so valuable and so i it takes a lot of determination to make sure you are setting aside the right, like setting aside time to do this and clear your mind, um, you know, and some days that means you have to wake up an hour earlier and you don't want to, but knowing that it does aid in your expansion is, is really powerful. And I think routine is, is important to me at least. And so it has been super helpful in guiding me through, through the experience of life. And I have the deepest gratitude for meditation. Um, And creatively, I think that it helps a ton. Whenever you're able to just clear your mind of the clutter and the stimulation that we're constantly getting, um, I think a lot of times like writer's block or creative block can come from just being overly stimulated and not really being fully in line with yourself, especially now if we're like, as a writer, like, you're writing on your computer and you get a text on your computer. Like you are distraction is, is so present in our lives. And I think that's one of the greatest challenges we have as creatives nowadays is pushing aside distraction. And Mm -hmm. I think when I meditate, that is a moment where my phone is off. My phone is out of the room. It's on do not disturb. I'm not, I'm not allowing myself to be distracted. And so messages really come to me freely and, I sometimes I'll see visuals and it will kind of create an idea for a film or sometimes I'll feel a huge emotional release and I'll be like that that's what that character needs to needs to do or that's how she's feeling and um yeah it all connects so um it is really a beautiful practice and I definitely invite everyone in to uh take 10 minutes after this podcast and and sit with your energy you made that connect so effortless the questions were very connected (laughs) I know I don't I just I love asking questions but 
I'm I really do feel like this year starting this podcast has been me stepping into my power in a way that I've always wanted to but have felt resistance to of course yeah not feeling like I could do it or could because I always want to ask people the most deep questions right off the bat like yeah (laughs) I've (laughs) I've been partying before and ask people shit and they just look at me like (laughs) they're like I'm just smoking a joint right now (laughs) (laughs) who invited this girl she is trying to just get get in my brain and it can make some not you I know that because we're so connected but sometimes it can make people like Jesus (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah it is really powerful to see you uh you know step into this space and also like be a host and um cultivate questions and conversations and so I I totally understand the the fear and I applaud you for you know stepping into that thank you Siafi my heart is glowing (laughs) I'm kind of curious I have been seeing you share your experience with I think the last thing that you posted and we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to but was kombu yeah it's Um, either yeah it's combo or some people say it cambo but I've watched a few documentaries of indigenous people and they pronounce it combo so beautiful I'm just curious maybe even connected to this year what has been your experience with psychedelics in general and how how did you feel called to experience them and what like what does that mean for you and yeah I think, um, so I kind of started um, down the path of using plant medicine probably about two and a half years ago. And before that, I, I did feel really lost. I was living in a city that I didn't connect to. I was partying a lot. I was drinking. I wasn't just, I just wasn't treating my body in highest alignment. And um even though I was, you know, meditating and doing these things, I, I it felt like something in my life is, is missing and I don't understand how to achieve it. And I stumbled upon this video online of somebody talking about uh, their experience with ayahuasca and I had never, never heard of it before. Um, and then I fell really deep into um, just researching about it and wanting so desperately to experience what people were talking about. And for those of you that don't know, ayahuasca is um, a plant medicine, uh, originates from the Amazon, and it is traditionally brewed as a like a beverage, and you consume it in a ceremony space, and um, you sit and different things can happen. You can throw up and purge. You can um, have visuals. You can have, um, like, you can just go to sleep and nothing can happen. But so, yeah, I was really intrigued by that. And I had wanted to go for uh, and experience this for a really long time and sit in a ceremony. But um, it felt very, like, no one I had known was doing this kind of thing. And I was I was only 21 and or 22 at the time. And then I was out one night at the late hours of the morning drinking and this person that I had never met just came up to me and started talking about ayahuasca. And um, after he told me about his experiences, I was like, I I really think I want to do that. And then the next day um, I got an email that was from the center I was looking at going to and said, 
hey, you know, we noticed you were interested in coming a few months ago. Are you still interested? And I just obviously, you know, I think a lot of people that do plant medicine um, experience this where there's a lot of synchronicities and um, you kind of have to lean into that and follow it. And so two and a half years ago, probably I went to Costa Rica and I sat in a ceremony for uh, four nights in a row. And it was truly one of the most trans transformational experiences I've ever had. And that was because, you know, there were moments where I'm flying off in into the cosmos, I'm sitting on the rings of Jupiter, and I'm, you know, seeing myself be born, but I was shown like, who I was, and what I needed to do to live in alignment with myself. And so nothing that happens in ceremony is really going to change your life. It, what happens is you have tools then afterwards to go about, to go return to your home to say, okay, I am going to dedicate myself to meditating twice a day. I'm going to medit or uh, dedicate myself to exercising and finding a community and following the signs and checking in with myself. Um, having food that makes me feel good. I am going to try and live in love. And that is really important and transformational. And so after that, I had kind of um, fallen down the path of, you know, using mushrooms and psychedelics. And um, there's a period of time where I was doing mushrooms with friends a lot. And now if I do mushrooms, I really like to be alone or do it in a ceremony space. And really just honor the sacred consciousness that is the the plant medicine and um yeah and so actually at the beginning of this year in February I went back to Costa Rica and sat with ayahuasca four more times and it feels really it was right before the pandemic occurred and it feels really in alignment um with that and helped definitely make me equipped mentally for the uh hardship and craziness that was to come in this year. Um, and so, yeah, I recently, as you mentioned, did combo, which is a frog poison um, that is secreted from a frog in the Amazon. And it is then placed on your skin um, and on burns in your skin. And people have different reactions. A lot of people throw up. A lot of people have very intense ceremonies. Um, and I had an experience that was really grounded in love and expansion and allowing me to um, honor my highest self and just feel connected and learn about boundaries. And that's been a huge thing that I've been kind of unfolding from my uh, last plant medicine ceremonies is, is understanding how to speak my boundaries. And that's huge. And so the lessons that I have been given and the messages that have been spoken to me through plant medicine consciousness are, you know, those messages and lessons are truly valuable. And I'm so grateful to have become a part of this community and walked on this path. And um, I hope to continue, you know, creating relationships with these, these medicines and growing as a person and learning as a student. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate yeah. it. And such a vulnerable experience to share you know because it's it is personal and it's it's entirely your own yeah and I think also a lot of people um what I'm realizing 
lately is a lot of people don't understand this kind of thing. And um, that's totally valid. And I respect that. I don't think everyone should be going down the, the path of um, plant medicine. And I, I think a lot of people then have perceptions that these, these plant medicines are drugs and that um, I'm, I mean, this is like something my parents kind of feel is that um, I'm really going down a scary path. And I found that it's maybe sometimes better to, you know, I know that these experiences are super sacred to me. And it's maybe then better to not share it with people that you know, are going to have a negative reaction about it. Because ultimately, some people are never going to, to understand and, and that's so okay, and so valid. And so it might just be worth then keeping that energy to yourself and keeping it sacred. So you don't have to feel like you're defending um, something that you truly love. Um, But I'm always really open about this on like social media and on here, because I think there is a lot of healing that can be done. And I invite people to honor their healing. And um, if you don't understand it, that's totally fine. But yeah, I just ask that other people honor everyone's healing process. Um, through this life. Absolutely. It's very interesting that you spoke on your parents because while you were talking, I could feel their presence. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> that's always um that's always an interesting thing because I I have been this year most than anything, more than anything, I have been dealing with my own version of healing more through talk therapy of sexual trauma. Right. It really, really came up at the beginning of this year because I got into a new relationship mm. and <laughs> yeah. with peeling back layers of vulnerability comes the fear yeah. and the, the resistance to sharing and loving and being intimate. And it's very interesting to hear you talk on your journey this year and you finding answers to questions of how to form boundaries and you're exploring that right now. And I think that that is so important to talk about and share regardless of the medium of how you find those answers, because I was never taught to set boundaries or honor my boundaries or know how to say the word no. Yeah. And when I did say no, also feeling like it had to come from this almost angry place. Yeah. And it feels very powerful to be on this journey of finding the ability to say no and not explain myself and mm-hmm. maybe not even no, but just a, a yeah. new, a new way of expressing, right. Hey, this class is a boundary. I'm right. done or I don't want to do that or, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Thank so. you for sharing. And I, I definitely feel like as I uncover what it means to set boundaries, I was really recognizing within myself that my boundaries have been so explicitly and horribly violated so many times when I blatantly said no or set boundaries that it almost felt incredibly pointless to to set a boundary with other people because I'm like, they're, they're not going to listen. Like, this has happened to me time and time again. Why would I set a boundary when people explicitly break them? And I don't think I understood the importance of, of that. And it's still, there are moments where 
sometimes it feels like it's easier to just let things slide or um, not speak up about your boundaries that have just been crossed because it's uncomfortable. And that's something I'm really, yeah, as I hear you are, uh, you know, trying to work through and process through and um, boundaries also change day to day, like something that was okay with you yesterday could be completely violating and not okay today. And that's, that's okay. And just having grace for yourself and um, constantly checking in and, and realizing like wherever you're meeting yourself in this moment is, is perfect and is okay. And you are safe and you can uh, speak your boundaries, hopefully. And if you feel that you're, you're not safe and you can't speak your boundaries, I, I hope that you can find somebody that allows you to figure out how to move from that situation and um, safely, obviously. Absolutely. It's really interesting too, connected to that of, you know, breaking through that, that membrane that was inside of my own head of saying, oh, this boundary has been crossed so many times. Why would I set right. like, why would I set a new one? Or I've never even set a boundary why would I start now? Right. And it was very interesting to see the relationship between my relationship with Mm -hmm. like my sexuality and how I express my sexuality with myself and with my partner, how that related to how I ask for payment with work. Mm -hmm. Um, That's huge. Yeah. And it's so weird to see those, those connections, not that it's weird that they're connected, but, to really notice the parallels because um, this year I've, because of COVID, obviously I've been very pressed to stay committed to working for myself and freelancing more. Yeah. And stepping into that space has called me to need to come at asking for payment and asking for certain things with more power. Right. And asking to be paid more than I think that I deserve which is actually what I do deserve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if I get a job oppor- opportunity that used to be, hey, I'll just help you out, instead of just saying, yeah, sure, I'll do this, I say, hey, I'm interested. This is my rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Um, and, and that's okay if that's not, if you want to talk about it, like, I want to create a space of conversation, but I am worthy of, so on of and so being forth. paid for extreme hours of labor that I'm putting in for creative work that you are asking me to do and uh, want me to do. Like this is, yeah, um, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really proud of you for, yeah, recognizing that. And there is there is a link between that. And I think so often as uh, women, we are told that we're gaslit to believe that we're actually not worthy of being paid or valued. And so then we don't ask. And um, that is something I feel like in the film industry that I have really been struggling with is the fact that so many people, you know, there there are like overt uh, sexist comments made, uh, really horrible, you know, uh, discrimination against women and uh, sexual violence uh, created in, in Hollywood and these spaces. But one of the things that sexism and the patriarchy uh holds and is you know that like 
is the it's more insidious ways of of sexism and the gaslighting that occurs to women and trans people and non-binary people that we are not worth anything without the help of a man and a white man at that um and i think um you know something that you said really kind of uh reminded me when you're like I'm doing this as a favor uh that's something that's been brought up so many times in my short span of a career um is that people when I ask someone to work with me and I am paying them and um I'm asking them to collaborate on a film with me um and do something that will uh you know benefit their reel and also they will get monetary gain from so many people have expressed to me I am doing this to you as a favor. And that is something I no longer accept. And I'm setting a boundary now that if anyone ever says that to me, I, I cannot allow them to work with me because to me, a favor is uh, going over to my neighbor's house and borrowing a screwdriver or um, <laughs> asking my mom to bring my phone up upstairs. Want, like that's yes. a favor to me. Yes. Uh, you know, me paying you and you creating collaborating with me on a film is is not a favor and when you say to me oh I'm doing you a favor that that sends me the message that you're actually you believe you are intrinsically better than me and you are better than the project and above it and this is something that is below you and you are giving your your time and energy so gracefully that um the the project would fail without you and Time and time again, I have allowed myself to be gaslit by this notion of, oh my gosh, this person's really going to help me out. And every single time without fail, that person has bailed on the project last minute, has extorted money from me, has said halfway through they're going to walk out of the project unless I pay them more. And these, this is psychological manipulation that occurs (laughs) where they say, yeah, let me help you out. I'd love to, I'd love to help you out as a, as a favor, a gift from me to you. And, and then halfway through, they, they're resenting you because they feel they're being underpaid. They're, um, they don't see the value in the project. And, and it just is not a great situation for anyone involved. So I, yeah, as a creative and uh, somebody that, you know, produces all of my own work, I need to, watch out for that type of language and behavior and also I recommend if you're a creative and you're an actor and you feel like doing a project is going to be out of alignment for you and it's not worth your time your money um you're not getting paid the rate that you feel like you deserve that is okay to say no and that's a boundary that you need to set and um I feel like it's just kind of navigating through those really complex situations of like okay I am now in this situation where I feel like I've been gaslit and I, I don't know how to move forward, but now, from now on, I just know that's a certain boundary that I, I have to keep in place. Absolutely. I think there's so much power in the word no of what you're saying right now, Yeah. because that has been a big lesson that I've learned this year is just not saying yes, not being a yes man, yeah. woman, <laughs> not being a yes woman. <laughs> I'm definitely a no woman. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagined you with a ruler and just like smacking a hand. Like, no, no. Um, no, but there is there is so much power in choice and being 
like being a creative in this world I felt like I was coming at being able to step into this place of being like I don't want to work for Right. restaurant anymore I don't want to work for Brandy Melville for the sexist chain that yeah <laughs> I could speak hours about but <laughs> I just I want to work for myself but then with that came this wave of like well who's gonna hire me what yeah. do I even have to offer someone what and I had to answer all those questions and I also had to be able to say no to opportunities that came my way that I knew were not right. in alignment with who I am yeah and that's super big a big super big lesson to learn and also not to just say yes to things and say yes to them out of this place of fear and like I was saying like favor being like oh I'll do this for free for you now but then maybe right. later you'll throw me a bone like <laughs> totally no I <laughs> I am $20 an hour take it or leave it yeah <laughs> yeah and and there are there are other people that you know like a few people have come to me and said, can you do this commercial for me for $3,000? And I understand they're a small business and that is so valid that they're asking me to maintain a budget and I want them to have something that they can, you know, I don't want anyone to go above their means to, to pay me for something. But that being said, I also have to employ, film is not just, oh, I'm just doing this all by myself. Like I have to employ other people. I need, I need a lot of money <laughs> to create create a vision like the style that I create in the surrealist kitsch campy style that requires resources and it requires other people to be involved and um I I think that out of respect for you know somebody that is looking for something from me I I need to also say yeah this is I understand that this is a lot of money to ask for for a commercial but this is really if you want, if you're looking at my reel and you're looking at my work and you want something similar, then this is what you're going to have to pay. And um, it, it sometimes it does feel really bizarre and upsetting to have to put like a monetary value on your work and um, demand that you get compensated because ultimately, like, I want to be a filmmaker. I chose to be a filmmaker because. I love film and I love that form of creative expression and not because I want to be making millions of dollars, but um, this is ultimately then, you know, the career that I'm choosing to, to follow that is going to support me. And I think that um, it's sometimes it's hard to find that balance of like, okay, can I support myself doing, doing this career that seems so overwhelming and challenging at times, but um, Yeah. Oh, I feel you so hard. <laughs> oh, gosh, I could speak on that for hours. I feel yeah. like being my friend Vanessa sent me such such a beautiful comp- compilation of thoughts after my first podcast episode. She's a fellow poet and she's mm. so fucking talented. And she just said she reminded me of the spirituality that is connected to poetry and the words right. and how how at, when I first approached words and melding them and making them like like clay like poetry to me is clay right. I just was reminded of my purpose and my passion with that purpose yeah and it just felt like this big wave of, of fresh air and I also side note want to just say that it is 
also a slight privilege to be able to say no to a mm-hmm. job when totally. yes. you aren't being paid the exact wage that you accept because I have definitely been in a position and I know a lot of other people have probably been in the position of needing whatever the fuck you can get to pay your rent and pay your bills. And I do yes. totally see that and I validate the shit out of that experience. It's just now I'm trying to shift myself yeah. into this I, it's It is super valid and I feel like it's something that a lot of people um, have shame around and I there is no shame in doing what you because ultimately like it's a trade-off like uh, you were kind of saying in your first episode about how you have been working at a restaurant so you can you know not sacrifice creative choices and I'm I'm in the same position right now like I work um you know in a service job so I can uh create what I want a little bit more freely and for some people, that doesn't work for them, and it's not even an option. So, uh, yeah, whatever choices you are making creatively, there they are the choices that, if they feel in alignment with you and what you need to do, and in alignment with what is going to keep you safe and healthy, that is all that you can can ask for and hope for. So, Absolutely. yeah, we are validating you, and um, yeah, <laughs> no, it's so important. It's so important to just try. I, I think that. I mean, I know you can probably really relate to this because we graduated pretty much within like six months of each other. Yeah. I feel like my first year out of college and even now still because, you know, the pandemic has definitely not made being a new college grad easy. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like I've just been experimenting with what works and what doesn't. And Mm. it's been a... a lot (laughs) to be in the middle of something that I manifested and just think whoa okay I manifested this it's happening and it doesn't feel right and I think it can also be very powerful to know that trying things and doing whatever you think is necessary for yourself is also very important and just allowing allowing the process to to take hold Because it's not like finding something is always going, like finding that one gig or finding that one flow is always going to work, you know, because we're always changing and we're always evolving. Yeah. And I think experimentation um, in every element of life is so important and valid. And that is something I think um, that as a society, we kind of have, it's interesting that you're talking about it in terms of graduation is because so many people think that your time to experiment is solely in the confines of school Mm. like that's those are the four years that you get before you're you're in this limbo and you're you have four years to figure out what you really want to do and make stuff that's bad and it's okay to to mess up because it's just it's in this world that's not the real world and I feel like it's really sad sometimes to see uh my friends and people I know come out of college and think that they're not gonna, you know, pursue something because it's, um, their time has passed. And you can always, if you're 85, and you're listening to this, which (laughs) I don't know, I do have, I do have less than 1% of 60 plus listeners. So yes, so so there's someone Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm validating for you that you have the right to change up your career path, you have the right. And if, of course, like we've said, that is a privilege, but you can experiment and um, experiment in different 
ways that are are even like low risk like why don't you just try painting if you have a free minute or Mm -hmm. there are so many things that you might not even be good at but uh really feed your spirit that you should allow yourself the space to to learn and grow in and um yeah to be good or to make money um from those things is not necessarily always the end goal and yeah I, I think showing up to spaces with the question of does this feed my spirit is is a good way to gauge if it's something that you'd like to pursue oh that's beautiful a word that came to mind when you were speaking just now is surrender mm. I always say to myself when I'm approaching a new poem is surrender to the poem and just let it that's beautiful. let it take yeah. let it take you um it's also so nice to hear you speak on this notion of post-graduation. You spoke on it in the beginning of the episode, and I just want to like connect to that because I've been having so much shame around this idea that this is you know my second year out of college. I need to be like going for it and making all of these dreams and manifestations come true. And you know, it's okay to to explore other avenues of of self like I'm I'm a poet but I wanted to start a podcast and who knows where it's going to take me but I I just want to do that (laughs) I want to yeah and to release the expectation that your art has to be received a certain way for it to be valid um you know I really connected with the first episode of this podcast that you made where you're talking about how it was hard for you to release a book during this time because your poetry is meant to be heard and it's meant to be like said a certain way and received. Um, and I always think about this book um, called Big Magic and it's not one of my favorite books, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> I some, know some good nuggets in there. And it's from the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And she tells this story about how, um, Somebody once came up to her in the street and said, oh, my gosh, Eat, Pray, Love changed my life. Um, you know, it when you left your abusive, like, psychotic husband and left him and got all of his money, um, that inspired me to do the same. And the, the author was like, wait, <laughs> that did not happen in the book. <laughs> like, th- that was not, my husband was not abusive. Uh, like, and... And I think that it's actually a really powerful lesson about how we want, especially as artists, when we're forming something and it is clay and we're, we have so we want to have the utmost control of our art. But then you have absolutely no control over it a- after it's released. Mm-hmm. And um, your book is being received in a way that it feels out of your control. And that's really uncomfortable. But ultimately that is how it is supposed to be received, I guess. And that's really beautiful. Yes. And wow, that was gorgeous. (laughs) I really have been like this year, especially been thinking about that and it's, it's okay. And I, I really have just, I need to love what Mm. was made not even that it's mine because I just don't even think that when I write it's me. <laughs> yeah. It's such a crazy surreal experience, but what was made was made and 
in my trajectory of life, I know that moving forward, I'm never going to stop writing, even if I have moments of, of pause. Right. And yeah, I think that that's, that's very powerful to know. I've been doing my best this year to not look at my fellow writers, especially and think, yeah, oh, shit, they're doing this. I also need to be doing this. Like, they're still composing, they're still in poetry seminar like I have to also figure out ways to access that and I have just released all of those thoughts and just allowed what is meant to be to be and what is made to be made and it's so powerful but also so scary (laughs) and I think so often in creative path like in the creative worlds and paths that we walk down we want there to be like a clear map and blueprint of how we should get from um, you know, making commercials in my backyard to being an Oscar award-winning filmmaker. Like we want this, somebody to lay out for us the steps that they took. And there is no clear blueprint. There is no right way. There is no way that's going to ultimately, if you follow the steps of, you know, another filmmaker, because you think it's going to get you to where they are, it's, it's just not like, Everyone is living under completely different circumstances with completely different minds, perceptions, ways of communicating. And there's not a singular correct way to get from point A to point B. And that is okay. And I think that we just need to yeah, release these expectations. And social media is a huge part of it because we see, you know, our, our friends posting, our colleagues posting oh my gosh, I just did this huge project um, or I've just gotten this record deal. And it's almost like your initial reaction is like, oh my God, why, why, why am I not getting this? And that is, you know, intrinsically linked to, you know, the patriarchy, the, the, like these things that, you know, make us want to compare ourselves. And we, are doing our best and that is all we can ask for and um there's there's no right way to to reach your goals and um yeah oh wow <laughs> i'm going to really sit on all of these thoughts for probably the next week because yeah it just feels so so special to be able to just say them out loud and not let the other negative aspects of existence overpower them. Definitely. Um, I just want to say thank you so much, Siaki. I'm so grateful that I have you in my life and that I know you and that you're on this planet creating and sharing your journey. You're so powerful and so inspiring and I miss you so, so much. I can't wait to hold you. (laughs) I know. I feel the same way about you. I'm really just grateful to have you know, our, our paths that keep kind of weaving together and we, you know, see each other when we can. And it's every time I see you, it's like we pick up right where we left off. So I'm really grateful for you holding space for me and for other people in this podcast. And um, yeah, I, before we depart, would love to invite everyone to kind of like take a deep inhale and just release all expectations of who you should be and surrender to the moment and live really deeply in this present moment and honor 
what your highest self is telling you. And as you breathe in, know that you are filled with so much love and you're supported. Um, and exhale any fear or negative thoughts that you might have. And we appreciate you so much. Hmm. Thank you, Siafi. Thank you. <laughs> I love you so, so much. And I love you. I am excited to talk to you soon. Yes. Big kiss. <laughs>